Good morning. Am I on? <laughs> Welcome to Radio Western. You are listening to Outlook on Monday morning here on February 10th. Uh, and I am here solo today, uh, except for some of the help I'm getting in the studio, obviously. But um, this is Outlook. But today I'm doing the episode without my brother, who I usually do them with, Brian. Uh, he is still out west. Uh, enjoying a little winter in BC. So he'll be back next week and hopefully we'll have uh, some some guests coming up and everything. But uh, yeah, today it's just me and I decided to give myself this challenge on my birthday <laughs> to um, see if I could do an episode by myself of Outlook. And uh, I did one once already last winter and I again had Pam's the program manager at the time sitting in um, to help me like I have today with Sarah yeah Brian was teaching me the board but um, (laughs) it's one of those things I can remember how many knobs I need to count over to know where to turn it on turn on my mic or turn on you know turn on the promos but uh, it's another thing with the pressure of doing it in the moment so yeah, I'm taking the pressure off myself in that way. But just coming here this morning and doing this show by myself is, again, enough of a thing. I mean, last year's episode, I had something all ready to go. I had an article um, where I could talk about the top 10 little-known facts about blindness or something. Um, whereas today, I don't have anything like that. But I did want to talk um, about a few things. And... Um, First, I'll talk about what happened last week when I we were away, because we've been away for the last two weeks. Two weeks back, we had an episode about Braille uh, called Dear Louie, for Louis Braille. And then last week, we had some reruns. Um, I think we had an episode from last year's White Cane Week discussions. But I am sitting here right now with my white cane. Um, now, I call it a white cane. <laughs> some people call it a stick. Um, some people aren't sure what to call it. Um, so I try to correct them when I can, but yeah, white cane week is, I guess, just one more of those things that they started for, um, you know, to promote certain issues. Um, and yeah, white canes is a complicated subject for me. So I thought I would just talk a little bit about what that means. Uh, and I don't know how much people know about white canes. You may see one out and about with somebody out on the crossing a street or something. And um, of course, some blind people have guide dogs, but but many have white canes. And um, I actually grew up without really needing to use one for many years. And this sort of shielded me from some of the feelings that surround surround it. Uh, not for everybody, of course. Uh, somebody like Brian my co-host here, brother and co-host, he doesn't let the same things bother me, bother him as I do. But uh, yeah, for me, uh, it started when I didn't need it. I was trained on it early on because you need to take some lessons to know how to properly hold one. There are techniques and things. Um, and when I was young, I had a lot more sight than I do now. So, you know, around home or around my little school out in the country, you know, small enough, uh, I didn't need to 
worry so much. Uh, I, you know, I brought it out, I guess, during lessons, which might have been once a week through school. Uh, but other than that, I I could just get along without needing to think about it. And then all of a sudden, before I know it, I'm relying on it. Because back in the day, I would forget it at home just because it's good to have it with you. But I would often just forget or, you know, subconsciously forget. And I would always have Brian on my case about that. You know, where's your cane? What are you doing? And he, he had a point because now I really can't see going anywhere without it. Uh, I think it's like that hesitation to, to to want to just be able to go somewhere. You want to just not think about it too hard. You want to just get up and, and go. And that is a lot harder when all of a sudden I realized I, I, I was losing my sight and it wasn't comfortable for me to just, you know, walk tentatively and take some some cautious steps and I would be able to see, you know, doorways and things um all of a sudden I mean it felt like all of a sudden but it wasn't but all of a sudden I that was my only option if I wanted to go anywhere other than you know what is called sighted guide waiting to hold someone's arm and go somewhere and for instance like even just to come here to do this show you know practice helps it would help for me to learn how to use the soundboard here and it helps me to just get out and use my cane just to build up confidence. But for a long time, I would have put it off and not in denial exactly that my sight was was it was getting worse, but it's like somewhere along the line, there was nowhere to hide anymore, and I had to use this cane, and I had to depend on it. And so that's big trend right now. Um, I keep a lot of an eye on the certain Facebook groups about blindness and what you know other people are sort of going through. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of shame around white canes, and that's why I wanted to talk about that today. And I don't, I think it's just tied to the idea of some of the misconceptions about blindness. Uh, And if you have a bit of sight, seeing people stare at the cane or at you, but if you are like me and you don't, um, you know, to think about where that shame comes from is is a tricky topic but I've thought a lot about it because as hard as I fight it it's still there so why is that I I'm 36 right like a certain point you just gotta accept what's what's happened and that's for me that's losing a lot of the sight I used to have and you know knowing that this cane is like people's cell phones today or something that they you know they can't imagine going anywhere without and yet, as soon as I open it and I start to walk with it, you sometimes just feel it's sort of a, an obsessive thing to think, but you feel like everybody's staring when you can't see who is staring. So maybe nobody is one day you, when you go out or the next day you get a bunch of stares. And it shouldn't really matter. But whether they're actually happening at every moment, you start to think you feel people's eyes on you. And you also feel, I do anyway, like you can't hide, you can't be, you can't just blend into the crowd in a way because you stick out the idea of walking through a crowd of people with this long stick. It's it's going to stick, make you stick out. 
in some ways, for sure. And, you know, the thing I liked about a guide dog was that I could hold on to a harness and this animal would, I mean, I still had to pay attention to where I was going, but the animal would more gracefully take me around people. So you kind of weave in and out in a crowd. I'm sure you get the same looks and interest. Obviously, for a dog, you get more interest in certain ways. But, um, yeah, with a cane, you just sort of feel like you barrel through. And that's why I hesitate when I walk. I'm not one of those people that boldly just marches through with my cane uh, because it's... (laughs) That's not really who I am, I guess. But really, um, there are there are different kinds of white canes and some of them are longer and they're meant to be longer and they're meant to stick out further so that a blind person can walk faster because it's this thing like not all blind people want to walk slow and sort of blend in some of them sometimes you're in a hurry and you have somewhere to go so in those sort of cases I understand it Um, but getting involved with the Canadian Federation of the Blind which is what inspired this show Um, They are mostly out west, and they use a different kind of uh, cane that I grew up with. The one I have here is what I'm used to. I grew up with it. Um, It's a folding cane um, with a metal, uh, with like a rubber grip and um, black, uh, red and white, obviously, to stand out for cars. Um, But the ones out west are different, and they're meant to put out in front of you longer and be able to swipe back and forth or drag the cane back and forth further ahead of you whereas I tend to sort of hold back you know a bit and some would argue that my cane is not the right length for me because when I stick it out in front it only goes a certain way and it you're not going to get anywhere as fast there's also different techniques for how you hold the cane so the the technique they use out west I haven't mastered that it's kind of like a soundboard here I um I can see the benefit of it but it, of course, it's hard to deviate from what, what you used to and what you grew up with. Um, these canes I like because they can fold up, whereas some of the ones you can get. Um, we do offer white canes for free if anybody out there is listening who needs one. Um, you could probably email, well, you can email my our show here, Outlook on radiowestern at gmail.com. Um, but, yeah, we there is a pr- free program that will hand out, like, a cane free if you need it. Um, but there's also this thing lately about people wanting to individualize things and, and taking pride in the cane. So the total opposite, I guess, of the shame that that sort of lingers around white canes for, for not everybody, but, like I said, me and some others, Um at the other end of that, there is this pride to take it on, and it's obviously a tool, like a wheelchair, to help somebody get somewhere when otherwise they would really struggle to get anywhere. Um, but a lot of people are taking on the cane as you know their their best friend, uh, kind of like they would their dog, and they rely on it so much, and it gives them such independence. They're so proud of it, then they go out and they try to spiff it up with different colors and I don't know leopard spots or who knows bright pink Um, at this point for me I have 
lost so much sight that a color wouldn't that's not really how I want to express myself plus um, I grew up with this old school feeling with the white cane that it's supposed to be white and red to help with you know being spotted and it makes me a little nervous when people mess with that but uh, people are going to do what they're going to do and for certain people it's an accessory uh, I actually <laughs> I, I got myself a shirt and I'm wearing it today Although White Cane Week is uh, coming to an, it's come to an end here. I wasn't here last week uh, for the actual White Cane Week, which is fine. But uh, so, um, but yeah, so I, I got this shirt from Bold Blind Beauty is this website that I really, I've been talking about in recent months. Um, they, um, they have shirts. So I got myself a sweatshirt, I guess for my birthday, that says, relax, it's only a cane because... Really, I'm not sure who that message is for. <laughs> Whether it's for someone like me to tell myself that when I take it out and go to use it to go somewhere, right? Like it's, I need to relax about it and sort of, I guess it's important that I look into why there's shame around that. But at the same time, I also feel that, uh, that power having it. It's kind of like my violin bow. I don't know these extensions cane something to hold to make you feel empowered but the difference that it makes you know like I said when you can't see there's a hesitation to take a step sometimes depending on where you are and you want to be able to just get from one place to another like anyone else um, it's funny there's a hallway that leads here to the station and whenever I come in with Brian he's done it so much longer than me that he's got it in his head um sort of when to veer right and you know left but you know right so when we're walking through the hall which is sort of got its points and its curves um my cane will hit the wall tap the wall like it's meant to do whereas brian is so comfortable now it's like he's almost at home he can just walk i think he holds his cane out in front of him and he just sort of walks uh now, he has it there in, in the pinch. He can take it out. Um, but it seems like it's a nice thing that he's at that point. Whereas for me, the point of a white cane, which a lot of people get upset or confused about, is Im on impact. So when somebody's cane hits something, people are sort of quick to be like, whoa, whoa, watch it. But see, that's the point of a cane, if you if you think about it. So, you know... There's a shame I feel of like, well, I can't seem to get through this hall without tapping everything in sight. But really, you know, what's the alternative? Me running into something every few steps? You know, I understand it's one of those things that when you see somebody coming down a hallway and they are blind and they have their cane, you may have that impulse, whoa, I better get out of the way. And obviously that's important, self-preservation. I just, uh, you know, it's hard to say what's actually happening around me. So all this stuff going on in my head, but I wanted to bring it up because, like I said, I'm not the only one who feels this shame and I really want to get rid of it for myself and for everyone else. Uh, so I guess that's why weeks like White Cane Week are important. You know, sometimes you wonder if anything is actually moving the needle and 
Again, that's why we do Outlook here. You are listening to Outlook on Radio Western um, 94.9 CHRW. Good morning here for another week in February. So, yeah, um, you know, we'll be back obviously next year with Brian and we'll talk white canes, but we'll talk again in the meantime, I'm sure. Like I said, they're everywhere. They go everywhere with us, so they're always sort of in the back of our minds. But I also wanted to talk a little bit. Um, first of all, I I saw my photo and a little write-up about me in the Probus newsletter, which is the professional business um, social group for seniors that I spoke at a few weeks back. And uh, yeah, they took a picture and wrote about my speech. Uh, I basically talked about something that's linked with white canes and the shame and getting out there. Um, I talked about fear, which, you know, is a big one. Fear of everything fear and fear of nothing at all. But uh, yeah, so I spoke there a couple weeks back and basically I started by asking the group, uh, what are you afraid of? You know, obviously the common ones, the dark, you know, is, is the one that I can sort of speak to. Um, spiders, heights don't bother me so much, but, uh, you know, being afraid of the dark is sort of connected to the, this this idea about blindness and what it must be like. And um, so I had I found this thing that said fear is an acronym for false expectations appearing real, right? So... When I wanted to travel by myself to Mexico, Mexico a couple years ago, my parents were fearful, and I was fearful. Um, a million things you think in your head could happen that don't. Uh, but um, fear is a big one, and I wanted to sort of talk about that before I talk about here what my big plan is for 2020. And again, I'll talk about this more with Brian. He likes to ask me questions about it and there's a lot that we'll have to talk about in the next few months for sure um i am decided in 2020 that i'm going to walk the thames river in england and i'm doing it with another fellow writer uh who at one point was my mentor she is the one who had a writing workshop in mexico so that's why i went to mexico and there in 2017 but uh yeah um, we're going to walk the Thames and then we're going to write a book, co-author a book about exploring the Thames or seeing the Thames, I guess, if you want to say, uh, from her point of view and from mine, her sighted point of view as a writer and my blind point of view. Uh, so we're aiming for f September. Uh, so right now I'm working on what, you know, what I want to say, <laughs> and here's a good place to practice, I guess, um, say as my reason for why I'm doing it and why it matters uh, because it's not going to be just like a pleasure vacation touring like I'm not going to go on a castle tour or a brewery tour or whatever people do these days um, it's going to be a challenge for me and that's why I'm doing it uh, both myself and this other writer have chronic pain so that's one issue we have to think about and we both have to think about how our ourselves and how that will be physically and and then so I want to um, probably team up with some other organizations sort of do some awareness as I'm out walking in another country 
Um, for example, I have my um, apparel from Bold Blind Beauty. I'd like to wear something if the the woman behind it is um, amenable to it. I'd like to wear something, a sign of some sort that says Bold Blind Beauty because I like that message. But uh, overall, I'm hoping to share some awareness out there about Canadian Federation of the Blind because we're not that well known. So if I talk about it a lot when I'm out on the walk, um, if we're hoping to get some media attention or whatever, then I can speak about the difference between the Canadian Federation of the Blind with other other organizations. Um, but yeah, we're aiming for September, which should be a nice time of year. Um, so that's another message. And I also uh, am doing it, um, well, I'm doing it to show the world that adventure looks like a lot of different things. Some people climb mountains. I physically know my stamina that I couldn't tackle that. Uh, this is going to be enough of a challenge for me to walk this far. Um, you know, chronic pain does make it harder. Blindness itself, I just want to show that, you know, we have adventures and the thing I keep trying to explain to people why I love travel so much is that everybody could enjoy travel from from different points of view with their other senses. And of course you do, you know, when you're at Niagara Falls, you hear Niagara Falls. Um, but... If you know, if you're in a busy city, you smell the city fumes from the, you know, the subway. And if you're out in the, uh, you know, national park or whatever, you know, you smell the fresh air. So of course you do. But uh, I think there's this over focus on seeing when you're traveling. And uh, so I'm going to write about how I experience the river, and so is the co-writer. And hopefully we can have a book out of it. So this is something I'm doing on my own. Um, I was thinking about last year, one that was that we had an episode where we actually had in the background a bunch of tapping white canes. I th you know, I thought about having that as my background sound this, for this whole episode, but I, that might get a bit distracting. Uh, anyway, we had this recording that we, we, we got when we were at the um, National Federation of the Blind Convention in 2018, and that was in Orlando, Florida. So it's just a neat sound to hear a bunch of canes tapping on this tile floor or whatever it was in this hotel lobby. Um, but I think that was a big experience to go to that kind of convention. There were like almost 3,000 people there. I was unfamiliar with things, but um, I had my brother there and we do depend on each other a lot. So... I think this year's good. I think we're, um, I guess I think we're branching apart a little bit. Hopefully, it was nice to travel with my brother and our other friend, Eric, um, because at least you weren't alone dealing with airports and, you know, getting assistance and things. And uh, going to that convention, it was only easy for me to, it was only uh, possible for me to tackle it in my mind because I had my brother there. Uh, I didn't feel alone that first time walking into that situation. Um, if I had to go back all of a sudden and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't in that place of wanting to go to, then he wouldn't um, spend the money and, you know, take the time to go. But I'm a, I'd like to see if I could do it by myself. Uh, it's this feeling of fear that 
is like a gnawing in my gut that <laughs> that I get so much. And it, if the remedy for that is just more and more practice, then I guess that's what I have to do. But it's scary. So this walk along the Thames would be sort of like that. Um, you know, I'm not doing it with family. You know, I'm branching out and I'm sharing some messages along the way. So I'm not sure what kind of um, signage I'm thinking of having. Again, I've never walked like that. And you have to, we're having to plan it out and find some, um, you know, motels and guest houses, houses to stay along the way. But um, basically the river starts out in the middle of a, a field. So it might not quite be possible to get to the actual start. It sort of, you know, flows up from this spot out in the middle of of nowhere. And um, so we're going to start somehow at the beginning, as close as we can get. And I found an interesting website about um, soundscapes around the Thames. They recorded from the, some of the marshes along there and um, the Tower Bridge, the bridge there. Um so along with writing a book, which we're going to have to figure out what we want to say there, I wanted to do a lot of sort of audio and some soundscapes. And I came across a free podcast platform that I'm thinking of starting a podcast to sort of chronicle the next few months and hopefully even on my walk, be able to record little episodes live from the walk. Um, so it's called anchor.fm. And I found it a couple uh, weeks back. And uh, yeah, I've started writing some uh, recording some episodes there that it's even possible for me to do it I don't have to wait for Brian and his audio skill to help me do the podcast that we do together I can do this by myself and they have like background music you can add to it so it's all pretty cool um so yeah look forward to that I'm going back to record my own my birthday message on there um so yeah I'll be back next week hopefully fingers crossed Brian's flight home is smooth he's got a uh, a transition in, I forget, uh, Calgary? No, Alberta somewhere. Um, and he'll be home late tomorrow night, and we'll be back next week um, for another episode of Outlook on Radio Western. <laughs>